Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the first edition of uh, Game Changer Conversations. In this, the inaugural edition of Game Changer Conversations, uh, we have with us Mr. Sri Krishna Sridhar Murthy, uh, founder and CEO of Satwa Consulting. First, you know, uh, you know, first conversation that uh, we as a team are having with uh, various clients, and really gracious of you to accept this invitation. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, so, just a very quick round of introduction. So, Krishna is uh, is a Bits Pilani graduate uh, and an INSEAD School of Business graduate. Uh, he is a computer science engineer. Um, and co-founded Sattva in 2009 after having done stints with Dell as well. Um, so Krishna, just perhaps you could add to that with a slightly more detailed description of yourself and Sattva as well for the benefit of our viewers. Good. Um, so I uh, graduated from Pilani in 2002, uh, computer science and like most Indians at that time, you know, IT and tech were things we were doing. Uh, worked for Dell for about five years, but that was the time I also got very deeply involved in the non-profit ecosystem in the CSR part of Dell, and that got me exposed to uh, a lot of the work that non-profits were doing. Uh, people like Dream a Dream, Janagraha, Makkala Jaguti, and some of these guys. Uh, and that uh, exposure kind of got me thinking whether these were some of the problems that I wanted to be involved in, in kind of solving. Um, and uh, from there on, decided to go to INSEAD to understand uh, much more about how the world works because as an engineer you know you understand in a very limited way uh, and then INSEAD gave me that you know kind of understanding of economics and, and, and social uh, innovation and, and how just you know uh, business works uh, and from there on uh, decided to consolidate a lot of my learning you know uh, into creating Sattva and when we started Satwa, the primary focus was to see how we can do impact at scale because I was, my learning from working with nonprofits till then was primarily that we were looking to, uh, you know, solve problems on the ground uh, in smaller scale, but how do we take it to kind of larger scale and, and execution, you know, uh, was always a key challenge in nonprofits, which Dell was very, very good at. So I was really trying to bring that learning and say, can we impact at scale? And, and that's really, you know, how Satwa was born with my other co-founders. Uh, and today, you know, we are, uh, we are growing uh, consulting and solutions from in the impact space, um, working across India and other parts of the world, uh, and really focused on still the same objective of, you know, how do we create impact at scale? So yeah, maybe step back a little bit. Uh, 2009 was when Satwa was started. Yeah. Uh, and at that particular point in time, I don't know if there was too much of a conversation in India on creating an impact ecosystem. Uh, I don't even think we had too many impact investors at that point in time. Uh, the SKS story had not yet played out uh, the way it did eventually. Yeah. Uh, so, what inspired you and your co-founders to think about, uh, you know, doing something as radical as setting up a CSR consulting firm at that point in time when the CSR law also did not exist as well. Oh, so, yeah, maybe some thoughts in terms of 
uh, how did how did Satwa come about? Absolutely. So I think uh, our focus, based on our experience at that time, was really to uh, focus on impact and you know CSR, impact investing were all kind of things that were still coming into the ecosystem. Uh, I think the most you know um, ignorant thing about us was we didn't know there was a, not an ecosystem. You know we thought this was uh, already what thing people were kind of doing. Uh, I think, or probably it's fair to say that the ecosystem has changed drastically. You know, uh, the, the current ecosystem didn't exist, but there was another ecosystem. You know, you had the you had the World Banks, the DFIDs, the USAIDs, right. uh, multilateral organizations, aid agencies. They've been around, and they had created these non-profit you know ecosystems, which were doing some good work at that time. So, one of, one of some of our first customers were some you know Dutch funders, the World Bank. Know, kind of people. We even attempted to work a little bit with the government at that time, the beginning when we started Satwa. So I think that ecosystem was there, where and I think we were coming more, you know, I would say to change that ecosystem because we were trying to bring in business thinking into that, more operational thinking, uh, and we were also trying to talk about scale, uh, and we were trying to bring in a lot more. You know, um, I would say focused approach on impact uh, from the perspective of building institutions and not just projects. Because that at that time, one of my learnings was also that it was a lot more project-driven, program-driven kind of an approach, uh, and the focus was very, very strongly on the entrepreneur rather than the institution. There was a lot of fellowships, you know, the Ashoka and many others, who focused on the entrepreneur. Whereas my learning from a lot of the other things that I had done was the development of the institution was very, very important. So these were the things we were trying to, in some sense, slowly disrupt. Uh, I think what happened over the next course of that uh, year uh, to come was more the shift in that ecosystem started to happen. You know, the, the big aid agencies started to go away. The new philanthropy started to kind of come in. Philanthropy has now, today, become so much more strategic that institution building has become the core conversation which we started doing about eight, 10 years ago. Uh, we tried doing CSR uh, 10 years ago and it was not very successful, you know, and probably for two reasons. A, we were not very influential in, in changing the thinking of corporates at that time. There was no law, obviously, and more importantly, I think we were sitting in a, an ecosystem like Bangalore, which was not, even today, not probably the most progressive from a CSR, you know, uh, perspective. So I think a lot of those we uh, learned in our first phase was that the impact focus at scale and the new story we were bringing, we were probably a little bit ahead, a few years, but then the the rest of the pieces got, you know, very well, I think, laid out over the next five, seven years with the law, with, with like I said, the new philanthropy ecosystem coming, more talent coming, more technology coming. I think all of that has made, you know, Satwa's way of work a lot more, I would say, relevant to the, to the, to the way impact, you know, is being delivered. Sanskrit means true essence and consciousness. Uh, can you throw some light on how you came to choose this name for your organization and how does it relate to CSR? So I think uh, uh, for us, uh, the uh, in some sense, the meaning of Sattva was more equilibrium, you know, a balance. Uh, that's the interpretation with which we kind of entered, you know, uh, uh, or chose the name. Uh, interestingly, uh, pre-Satwa, there was also a small non-profit that I had set up with a few other people where we were doing more, you know, we were still running the magazine 
uh, and also the you know we were doing more non-profit consulting for some of the non-profit I mean you know organizations in Bangalore and uh, you know the magazine's name was Satwa at that time. Uh, when we started the company, uh, I think the lack of creativity of all the founders, uh, we couldn't come up with another name which was better than Satwa. Uh, and one of our mentors, who you know very well, uh, he suggested that, hey, your magazine you can always rename. I think this is a great name for the work that you guys are envisioning to do, so why don't you kind of move the name here? And that's kind of how the original name of Satwa kind of moved into, you know, uh, thing, uh, to the company. I think the, the fact that, and today if you look at you know, from our work to our logo to everything else, we are very focused on balance. It's really the balance between society and profit, balance between business and social, balance between, you know, your personal aspiration and ambition to, at the same time, you know, your, you know, the work that you have to do from a from an impact point of view. You have doing well and doing good, you know, there needs to be a balance. So we've continued with that interpretation of, you know, being balanced about your approach. Uh, in everything that you do, obviously it's not all social. It can't be all business. It can't be again all non-profit, all for profit, and it can't be all work and no, you know, time for yourself. So all of those, I feel, is really something where we're trying to find the middle path in some sense, uh, where we hope uh, you know the the actual direction we take is impact, but how we do it is in a balanced you know, kind of a way. The ecosystem in India today currently has various players. One set of players is focused on philanthropy. The other set of players is focused on what, what is known as impact investment. And uh, there are other uh, players who are for-profit players but incidentally also create impact. Uh, you've now been through the journey as a CSR consulting firm for 10 years. Um, and the first five years there was no law that really actually mandated corporates to uh, apportion a certain percentage of their profits for CSR initiatives. The next five years we've actually seen it. Uh, I think we'll start with some basics. Did, was, was there a requirement for law to mandate uh, CSR uh, to be undertaken by companies? Did companies need to be told by law that this is something you need to do? And how has actually Having seen the last five years, how has the law shaped corporate behavior in this country? As a consultant, you're at a vantage point in actually seeing uh, how corporates have reacted to this uh, legislation. So it'll be interesting to get your thoughts on that. Oh, absolutely. So I think uh, so. There was a lot of uh, philanthropic capital over the last 20, 30 years that came into India, but came through aid agencies. Right? So and those uh, obviously came from businesses, you know, from from those countries which were paying taxes which eventually became aid money for other countries to kind of work on. But money getting generated through business got channeled through different sources into countries that needed you know, capital uh, from a philanthropic point of view. Uh, I think the shift that India was kind of beginning to uh, make was we were, we were more, uh, I mean we very clearly became a fast growing uh, economy you know, over the last 20 years. We probably have the fastest growing number of millionaires and billionaires, you know, in the in as an as an ecosystem. So with all of that, and and obviously the corporate sector and, and the markets booming, you know, uh, the money that was kind of actually generated from the businesses here, but probably more relevant, you know, for that to be kind of used, you know, in in the Indian context, 
again from a development point of view because the inequality still remains and, and, it, and it, it remains in different parts of the world. So, so I think the, the law uh, was, I believe, a very, very good enabler in getting the corporates into the dialogue of development. Uh, and nation building because I think it's it's important for the markets. I mean, if I take a very pure market point of view, a better Jharkhand or a better Chhattisgarh is good for everybody, you know. Um, and I think investing in development of a UP Bihar or a Northeast or parts of Karnataka which are still you know kind of being left behind, uh, I think is a good market, right? And so even from a fundamental principle of market, I think it makes a lot of sense for some part of corporate. Uh, resources, you know, it could be knowledge, it could be, you know, uh, money, it could be expertise to actually be poured into development, you know, of the nation and the ecosystem. And I think that the fact that the law enabled it, uh, I think, was great. I, I believe it's not like that nobody was doing it. Obviously, people were doing it, um, and uh, some of, some great examples of how CSR was done before the law. Uh, I think the law actually learned from those examples to actually, you know, kind of create the law. Uh, but has the law actually accelerated the participation of corporate? Yes, for sure. Right? I think there's no question about it. So I think the law was, uh, I think, was an interesting add to the mix. You know, uh, I don't think I would go to the extent of saying it is a must to have the law, but I think it, it kind of gave a nice, you know, uh, I think, uh, twist to the story in terms of how more the corporate could participate and, and opening up the imagination of the corporate. I think what it also did was till till then a lot of the CSR was anecdotal. Uh, and uh, not measured very deeply, you know. Uh, people would talk about it, tell you stories about what they're doing, but today it's much more measurable. We know exactly where the monies are going, how much money is going, which kind of sectors it's going, how is it complementing with some of the government policies. So all of that data is now, you know, that much better participation and partnerships have started very much because there's more data, it's more structured. So I think the law in that sense has been, has done its job. In terms of the reaction, uh, we ourselves were actually very, I would say, to start off very cynical about you know uh, the law. We actually were so deeply in the impact space with all the philanthropic and the non-profit ecosystem that we said, I think the future of business being sustainable and shared value is probably the the right direction for business to go to rather than a two percent you know uh, share of profit. Uh, but I think obviously that's a much longer journey for corporates to make in terms of the share value part of it. Uh, but when I, you know, we were actually also slow in reacting to the law because again, I think we were sitting in Bangalore where not so much of conversation actually happened. Most of it happened in Bombay and Delhi. Uh, but what I learned when I went out and met a lot of the corporates and CSR heads was that everybody had the right intent and now they had the resources, you know, to kind of do it. Uh, and the fact that this was made a board mandate made a, such a big difference because it now was seen as a, as a function which, which had a lot more uh, responsibility in many ways. Uh, and I think that made it a, a big shift. And today, we see most of the progressive corporates uh, evolving very, very strongly. We are, at least personally, I'm in at least eight to ten conversations right now where boards of organizations are talking about, you know, redefining the CSR program. And this I'm saying in the last three months. So, so that's the level of thinking. So people are not just writing checks. They're saying, how do I create CSR to be a strategic advantage for my company? Uh, and how do I also create impact with it, right? I mean, I think that's that's today a, a good conversation to have. Still a long, long way to go, uh, but I would say it's the uh, the reaction and the start has been in the right direction. So you do believe, obviously, that the law has played a positive uh, enabler, uh, enabling role in that sense.
interesting uh, uh, analysis on where CSR funds have been deployed yeah. uh, within India. And I think one of the findings of your uh, research was that there are certain regions that have not uh, been the beneficiaries of uh, CSR funds. For example, I think uh, the Northeast is still a disadvantaged region. Yeah. Uh, would, would it make a difference if uh, the CSR provisions are amended to remove the requirement to spend uh, CSR funds in the local area of operation of the company? And you know, would, would that then possibly address the regional imbalance? I would definitely think so. I think that would be a, a great start. Uh, uh, I think today law already gives you enough opportunity to go beyond. I mean, it, it's, it's just a suggestion or a it's not super prescriptive to say you have to, and even the, the local region is not very clearly defined. I mean, you could draw the boundaries as you go. Uh, I think what we are realizing uh, in addition to that, let's say that shift in, 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 the, in the law, I think the conversation around uh, data on exactly where people are spending, how it's being spent, and what the impact is, uh, itself is going to be the, you know, make a big difference because, you know, it was very really interesting uh, that when we published that report on where money is getting spent in India and we showed pockets of, you know, uh, districts or states where the, you know, where the money was not as spent and we had the chance to present this in CSR forums, the reaction was, oh, I didn't know, you know, to a large extent and immediately, you know, the conversation shifted to saying, what do I have to do to change in my current CSR policy to actually enable this? So I think awareness of this kind of spending, because I think everybody, you know, the law also came, uh, I would say, uh, without too much of a preparation or a warning, right? It was, you know, 2014, everybody had to kind of, you know, suddenly comply. Uh, so a lot of the people did what was easier relatively uh, and also safer because it was also a compliance issue. Uh, but I think now after three, four years of the law, the dust has settled. Now people are thinking more strategically. And one of the things that I think they will do more strategically is to look at data and say, oh, there are parts of the country we are not spending as much money or parts of issues we are not spending enough money on. It's not just a regional thing. Like something like heritage and art, you know, being Indians, we, we don't spend enough money on, on that. Sports is a big issue and people talk about it all the time. So sports is something that in India you don't spend enough money on from a CSR perspective. So, so it's not just, you know, a regional but also an issue thing and it's, it's a matter of growing, I would say, where, you know, once we started, once all of us had to do it in the way that it was immediately set sets the you know the base now that the base is set i think now more interesting real stuff will start to happen where people will start re-looking at their strategy people will start rethinking about the right places to invest the right tools to invest and stuff